Browser Internet, and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint and maybe Office 365 show in Southern Africa where everything, and I mean everything, is not made up. It's like writing exams. Uh, and there are no points. Uh, welcome, Mr. Modlin. How's it, Al? Regular, regular. We are back on the regular. Right, two weeks in a row. Can you cope? Can you cope? Um, yes, we, we are hitting the numbers, starting the I's and crossing the T's, and and your little one is not taking a shit over the show, so that's perfect. Yes. My lady's being very good and looking after him in the background okay. while we record. Okay, so, so, so we're having a good week then. <laughs> yes, yes, no. Got an exciting new project kicking off properly this week, which is great. Closing out another one, which is irritating, so that's a great... Um, and then I've got three more that I'm supposed to be busy with, which I'll get onto as soon as this call ends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good times. It is good times. Yeah, I'm doing quite a bit of Azure. Yeah, interesting, interesting world. And Azure's so big and yeah. so irresponsible. It's like a unruly teenager. You click it here and it goes off and does stuff and comes back and it costs you a ton. Yeah. So, no, so you got to be careful of what. What you're doing. That's always the problem with computers, right? They will do exactly what you tell them to do, yeah. whether you want them to or not. <laughs> Speaking about wanting to or not, I did want to go to Puerto Rico and, and spend some time on my first island. That was a couple of weeks ago, and I managed to sit down with a few of the speakers as well as the organizer, Mr. Paul Swider who is our guest this week on the show. He is extremely eccentric, eclectic, and he's actually a, a SharePoint developer, which I didn't know. But now he's spending time in the blockchain and D365 space. Cool. Let's go over to that now. And another recording, another speaker, another... Well, I wouldn't call him a speaker. I wouldn't know how to term him. I've known him for about eight years now, and uh, he disappeared, and then you showed back up. So welcome, Paul, to Thank you. Two Guys in SharePoint. Uh, for our listeners out there, who you are, what you do, if you have a star sign, and it means something to you, <laughs> uh, talk about that. So yeah, Sure, yeah. You know, thanks, thanks for asking me to be here, and, uh, and happy to do it, by the way, and, uh, and, and happy to be seeing all the, the cool new stuff that you're doing, especially the stuff for the community. And, um, and and I know I'm not supposed to talk about this here, but I do want to thank you for coming here to PR. And the, by the way, for those that's listening, that's where we are right now. We're in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, Alistair is obviously from South Africa, but he stopped uh, in his way home from Los Angeles to come down here to Puerto Rico and support our community event. And that's where we're actually recording this from. And so thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Well, I, I tell people, I tell people that it's on my way, but it's, it, <laughs> I would not. not have done Seattle if it wasn't Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, this is actually Paul Swider. Yeah. Uh, he didn't introduce himself. He's been yeah. doing uh, one of the sort of my virtual mentors, uh, watching what Paul has done in the SharePoint community since... 2005 right, is yeah. when, when... I'll, I'll introduce myself. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So Paul Swider, and yeah, so I've, I've been um, sort of one of the old dogs. I've been, I've been 
uh, working with the Microsoft technology. I tell people pretty pretty much my entire adult life. You know, I uh, I actually studied business information it's the last systems. Three years, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny, and it's in line with our conversation last night. <laughs> Alistair and I were picking on ourselves and trying to figure out at what what age we we grow up. So so anyway, yeah. So I, I actually I studied business information systems, and it was around that time. Uh, when uh, Michael Dell and Bill Gates were dropping out of college and starting their companies, and and uh, and I I was studying business information systems, and uh, and when I finished university, I I went and I worked for a Microsoft partner for for a couple of years. It was a quick two years, and then went out on my own. I spent the first ten years doing a lot of .NET Dev, and I taught a lot of developers, you know, primarily in the U.S. and then. Uh, Gosh, the second 10 plus years, that's when we got to know each other through the SharePoint, yeah. you know, and so that's when I started uh, writing some books for the SharePoint devs and doing the international speaking, and that's when our paths crossed. And then I think if I were to wrap that up, I would just say, you know, what I'm currently focused on yeah. is, you know, of course, I love, I love, I'm a coder, and I love all the stack, right? I wish I knew it, I wish I had time to look at it all, right? But my, my focus recently is, um, you know, is, is still, actually still around business apps, but now using some of the newer stuff, like Dynamics and some of the blockchain stuff, and uh, and serverless, you know, Cosmos, I love all that stuff. Yeah, so that's my that's my long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I got to know a bit more about you because yeah. I didn't know all of that. So a SharePoint developer, yeah, and then you you decided to take a hiatus and you moved to Puerto Rico, yeah. and you spent quite a few years here, and now you're back. I am. Yeah, you know, you like know, just new kids like you, on the block. Yeah, you know, we, coming back. We have something in common in that. I, I feel like I think I feel like you're a pretty humble person, I've, and I'm telling you that because I feel like I've gotten to know you over time, right? And so sometimes I joke with people and I say, you know, I was down in Puerto Rico and I was taking a, a hiatus, and and I actually I'll share this with you and your listeners. I I don't tell people that many people this at all, but I, you know, I'll actually well, I I was working, you know, it was interesting. I I did some work around. Um, research around uh, data science, around some of the issues with uh, social and online dating and machine learning. Uh, and you know how the entrepreneur stuff is, right? Sometimes you dump six months into research and then you just figure out, you know, I'm going down the wrong path or whatever, right? And so that was an example of that. And that you way, know, <laughs> there's a better one. <laughs> so then we, I, and I, when you know me, when I go in, I go in, right? Yeah. So, so then the next thing was we spent six months researching uh, global health and borderless health. And so took it very obvious. I've been studying, you know, involved in healthcare uh, as a niche market in tech for years. And so we flew people down here. You know, we did tons of research for six months. And essentially, we came to the conclusion that borderless health is not a technology problem. It's a political problem. You know, and, and, and after all of our research, we just figured out that on one hand, we had government, specifically our my government, the United States government, telling me that they loved borderless health. Uh, but at the same time, the reality is is uh, they didn't want those dollars, you know. Ideally, they, they don't want those dollars even. So, so long story short, you know, we ended that one too after about yeah. six months for the time being. Yeah. You know, blockchain might fix that yeah. eventually. Backlog. Went to the back. <laughs> the, exactly. the parking lot yeah. is there. So on the I, back you know, exactly. So the other part of me, I guess, is I am a you know a bit of a serial entrepreneur, yeah. and so and, and I share that with you. I, again, I haven't shared it with many people, but I joke and I say, "Oh, I was taking time." You off. heard it first on <laughs> two guys right. and triplets. Paul was actually working in Puerto Rico, <laughs> so that's what I was doing down here. But you're right. So then, when I when I uh, what happened was, 
It was interesting, though, because what did happen is when I cut back on the travel and I went more into this research mode and, and, and startup mode, I feel like I got a chance to sort of, um, excuse the phrase, but flush out my head, you know, clear my mind, step away from the tech for a while. Uh, Puerto Rico and the Caribbean helps with that, as you, you can imagine. Because all we saw was you on boats, right? <laughs> yeah, that would always be posting pictures right. from the beach yeah. or spear and fishing. there's some crazy sunset in the <laughs> right, background, exactly. and you're sailing off, right? Exactly. That's it. We, right. Paul's gone. Paul's gone. That's right. All right? That's it. He's gone. Right. He's found <laughs> the secret elixir to living That's a good right. life. That's right. It's on a yacht somewhere off the Caribbean. I love the way you put that. So the, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that might have been what it felt like to most, but then what happened was, is actually what, uh, what really prompted me was then we had the big hurricane here a year ago, right? So, uh, what happened was that, um, changed my life. I mean, realistically, you know, I, I knew right away that week when, um, we were in the mix of that, that my life had changed. And so what I decided to do was to essentially turn lemons to lemonade, you know, and so I had a business that I'd been slowly working on the background around healthcare over the previous you know, eight or so years. And so what I did is I immediately uh, flew up and talked to my business partners and, uh, and we, we just jumped right back to work on that, the IP that we had in the healthcare space. And what was interesting at that time, I had to look at the technology stacks that were available to do that work. And that's when blockchain was, you know, that's when we were in the crazy hype phase of blockchain. Yeah. When people well, were just talking. Done, done. Still, no, unfortunately, still, it hasn't. Still. You're right, and that was really tough for me, though. You know, because I'm trying to build, I'm trying to figure out how to build enterprise software on this stuff, right? I know there's something there. I don't know quite what it is yet, but yet all anybody wants to talk about is the crypto stuff, right? I mean, I'm not no joke. It literally probably took me about six months, you know, just to weed through the noise, yeah, to get to a point where I could start, actually start looking at how the tech made sense. And so that's um, that's that's who I am today. So our focus today is. Um, you know, we're porting some stuff over to blockchain. We love Dynamics. You know, of course, we still love, the, of course, the SharePoint Office 365. Uh, it's uh, obviously all of it, right? So uh, collaboration and communication, love that aspect. But right now, what we're really focused on, our, what I'm really interested in, is solving some of the issues of healthcare in the United States on the operational side of healthcare, not the clinical. So I'm not at this project juncture. I'm not so much worried about healthcare records, et cetera. It's more running the hospital. The payouts to the government, the payout back to the hospital. Yeah, that, you're, not, that's you're, you're not building an Alexa skill to interpret no. um, doctors' terminology no. yeah. or some sort of cognitive OCR to read doctors' handwriting. Exactly, right. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I may, just pause you there for a bit. Sure. Have you looked at SharePoint development today? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what are your comments? On it because it it's completely different. You listen to Andrew Connell uh, yeah. ramble on about the tool chain, and you seeing Vesa and the, the likes of Jeremy Thick talk about uh, Shepherd Framework, and there's a new workbench, and there's a new kitchen, and yeah. these terms weren't around when we were working with on-prem, right? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's a really great question, and boy, am I I glad you asked me that. And, and the reason why is because I don't think I get enough opportunity to talk about SharePoint development anymore. And I think some of my friends might be confused because I have this new stuff that I'm forced to, that I want, not forced, I want yeah, to focus yeah. on, right? But it doesn't mean that I all of a sudden give up my past, yeah, right? And yeah, everything yeah. I know, right? So there, I think there's some confusion amongst my friends about that. So I actually appreciate this question. Thank you. Um, what I would say is that firstly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I do think that the state of SharePoint development is, is probably the best it's ever been, in, in, my, in my opinion. 
And, and I know many people throw that term around, um, and it's not that it hadn't always been great, um, but the, the problems were always the complexity from a developer perspective, right? Little things like dates and XSLT, right? And layers that we had to go through in, in the old days. And, and even remember when we first started creating web parts, all of the different XML, I mean, it was crazy, right? It was good, don't get me wrong. We could build killer stuff. We did. We built our stuff on it. But when I look at where we are now, for one thing, the path and the architecture and the development is lockstep with the rest of the world. Like, right, Microsoft for the first time, they're not, I shouldn't say for the first time, but they're not doing their own thing, yeah. right? And so that's huge in itself. I, I personally think the people that have been involved, the community people and the PMP and, and VASA and whoever else is driving all this, has did a brilliant job on multiple levels. You know, I can't thank them for the architecture because I think that's the entire community, right, that's mm -hmm. working on that together. That's part of the bril yeah. brilliance, right? But somebody has to lead that effort. Yeah. Right, somebody has to have the passion, right? And they have that. And when I first came off the island, <laughs> when I first came off the island and I started reading about the SharePoint framework, I was like, no, like you've got to be kidding me. They're going to start creating web parts all over again, right? <laughs> like, how many times have we had to do this? And honestly, I didn't even dive into the tech that much. Yeah. I just saw like some of that stuff, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it again, you know, right? And I went, and then. And then you, you went to course. Dynamics. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that wasn't why. No, no. uh, I wish it, I wish the it was like this. <laughs> <evils, laughs> really? <laughs> oh, look, it is a portal. <laughs> oh, look, it looks very much like SharePoint. <laughs> Maybe it is. Right, right, right. So, no, no, that was not the reason at all. So, anyway, what happened was, you know, as we do, then we really start looking at stuff, yeah. right? And, and, and in all fairness, sometimes even if you, then you start looking at it and you find out it's really great tech, sometimes even when you have really great tech, you still don't win, right? Because there's, there's other factors. But when I really started looking at it, um, you know, sure, absolutely, in some ways we're, you know, you could say and make little jokes about how we're starting again, you know, with web parts or whatever. But I think what's... What's really important is one, not not breaking their own paths. The great leadership that's driving it, uh, it's amazing. What I like to tell people is that if you do believe in the cloud, regardless of the cloud, if you believe that it's useful to use Amazon, if you believe it's useful to use Google or Azure, and if you also believe that humans have to interact with the cloud, then you have to accept the fact that the way that we do that is through JavaScript. That's just a fact. It wow. doesn't. I know. The founding Isn't statement. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But the, it's true. It, the way to into. Well, hold on. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> the way you, you heard it here first as well. The way to interact with the cloud is through JavaScript. The way that humans. Isn't it crazy? But think about it. It's true because if you take, if you look at all the three major cloud providers, right? You look at, at uh, Google. You look yeah. at what AWS is doing in Azure. When you look at your UX experience, it's consistent across all three, right? It's JavaScript for all three. So, I, I, I mean, I think my statements are factually correct, yeah. right? If we believe in the power of the cloud, if you believe humans have to interact with the cloud, then you have to have some interest. Well, if you're the person in charge of making that happen, then you need to be, right? And so that's what's cool about the SPFX. It's all built around that concept. And so when you put together good people doing good things with good technology, I think it's amazing. And so that's why I, I, I from the bottom of my heart, I feel like the state of SharePoint development is the best it's ever been. It's clean, it's following pa patterns, it's community-driven, it has great leadership, and it's clean. But uh, you're not building anything on ship. I'm not right now. Uh, it, you know, Alistair, you know this about me. I've been doing this 
a long time like you and and a lot of the stuff that we do is at the enterprise right and we don't pick our technologies before we pick the problems right yeah people present us with problems and then we select the appropriate technology to solve wow. those problems are you seeing are you really seeing that i'll give you a perfect example i'm dealing with an org in hong kong mm-hmm. and they brought the product mm-hmm. and they tried to mer- to map the product mm-hmm. and forget that example so Microsoft leads with product. They go Office 365, right? And then we left. And it's such an interesting thing you just brought up now. We left with trying to sort of hammer and chisel the product to the need. So we want to do collaboration and we've got teams. Not how do we do collaboration effectively in the organization and draw shit on a board and then decide what the product is. So that's... Yeah, I just thought I'd... Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think... I, I would like to think that that this still holds some weight. I, I would like to think that, that that our job is solving problems, right? We're presented with a problem, and then, yeah. we've, and then we pick the, the fit, right? Now, we had an interesting conversation about this last night, right? Yeah. Because that is changing a little bit. And I actually really like what you had to, to, you know, to say about this last night. And I don't know if you just, do you do want to just say... No, we're not going to talk okay, about it now. Today yeah. is all about you. All about me. Okay, yeah. okay, I got you. So, but, uh, you know, essentially, I do feel like that dynamic might be changing a little bit. But I would like to believe that, at least in my world, I view myself as a problem solver. So if I had a problem today in front of me that involved communication, collaboration, content in that space, I would absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, go directly right to... Office 365 mm. services in SharePoint, without a doubt. And I wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah. It's just the stuff that we're working on right now. Again, it's on the operations side of healthcare. Yeah. So we're dealing, dealing with finance, yeah. compliance, yeah. right? It's, and so, again, I'm solving a problem and I'm trying yeah. to pick the right tools. But it, right? you see, it's not Office 365 for healthcare because that's yeah. that's product-driven, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas you're saying there's stuff I want to do for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Then the technology is ubiquitous because mm-hmm. nobody asks that question anymore. Mm-hmm. So in closing... Because otherwise we talk for three episodes of <laughs> Two Guys in SharePoint. Your focus right now, blockchain, D365. Yeah. That's, that's where – well, I think your focus is cloud, not just blockchain. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And and, and I would also add community in there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very much like you. I, I like to make that clear yeah. to people. So certainly, yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. So where do they find Mr. Swider on the on the interwebs, the Twitter Rotties? Yeah, sure. You don't have to give out your email address. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. It, it's uh, So my name is Paul Swider, S-W-I-D-E-R. And my Twitter handle is P-S-W-I-D-E-R. And so when you look at it, it looks like Peswitter. Yeah. So my name is Paul Swider, but many, many, many people, you know, in different uh, all, all around the Twitterverse, know me as Peswider, if you will. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. So if you just search for, actually, if you do, if you do Google search for Paul Swider yeah. and blockchain or SharePoint, you'll There'll find be me. Seventeen thousand. <laughs> and there's only one paul uh thank you for being on the show today and thank you for this great event and we'll chat to you soon thank you for all you do cheers sweet thank you so much for coming onto the podcast yeah, i had fun interviewing him um, <laughs> and obviously you would have picked up on that on the show on that little interview but i mean we would have sat and spoken for about an hour if, if we were really going to do it I had to actually keep staring at the time to make sure we, we cut it down. All right, so this week we are going to try and hit 
the magic number that Rod has been telling us about. So we're going to go run through the news quite quickly. And that segue takes us to In the News. Sweet. So I've got a couple of pieces to start us off with. First up, uh, Microsoft has bought FS Logix, one of their old partners. This is a technology company, obviously. They're a app deployment company, as I understand it. They've got a whole bunch of technology that Microsoft's going to use that's apparently going to improve load times for user profiles in Outlook and OneNote, which will be quite cool. And the really big thing is there should be big improvements on the performance of stuff like the virtual desktop service that we're now going to be having in Office 365. They were talking about VDI stuff, and now it makes sense now. So to improve VDI, the VDI experience for Office 365. So think about it. In the old days, you were using either terminal services. It's amazing how we've sort of gone back to that, right? Back in the day... You'd have you'd have a dumb terminal and you'd log into like the mainframe to do all of your work and nothing was actually on the dumb terminal. And then we went into personal computing and everything was on your machine. And now we've almost gone full circle and we're back to the, the, the terminal idea. Terminal services for large organizations have been around since the beginning of time. That then moved on to remote desktop services. Yeah. And, and now it's come full circle. Remember in the old days, and I know, I've, I've still got customers that use terminal services because they're, let's call them call center agents, have a dumb terminal that they use to log into a box. With the advent or since the advent of Office 365, how do you bring that experience to a terminal services window? Yeah. Microsoft went in and said, VDI is the way of the future. This is what we're going to give you because Linux can do it, so we can do it, and they've invested in that. And now the grown-up side of Office 365 is demanding more, especially when rendering uh, resource-intensive, well, I use that term lightly, applications inside of your VDI environment. So think about Outlook. Think about applications like OneNote. Think about uh, Office Online. These things all take a fair amount of brunt. And terminal services, the concept of a terminal server was very lightweight. So it makes sense that people have actually gone along and, well, Microsoft has gone along and bought a company like FS Logic to, to tweak what they already have and, and ideate around what they could possibly bring to the organization. Yep. That's very, very cool. Moving along in the news, there was, in the last week or so, an issue... With logging into Office 365, if you were in the, I think, Asia and European areas um, and had MFA enabled, there was an issue where it wasn't sending you your MFA pin when you needed to use it. Um, they have put in a hotfix and that should all be sorted out now, but there was an issue in 0365. It should now be done. So if you did turn off MFA, while well, that was an issue, you can go turn it back on now. It should be working again. Yeah, it's not the first time there's been MFA issues. Also, Microsoft's claim that Satya actually said it in his keynote at uh, this year's Ignite was to get to a passwordless, 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 not passwordlessnessness, passwordless society. And maybe, maybe he just pulled the plug on, on MFA and decided, well, let's see what the world does when they don't have it. Yeah. What else? What else? What else? We are burning daylight. 
I've got one last piece of news came up recently. It's not coming into effect for a while, but just so that everybody remembers, I saw a little story. The extended support for SharePoint 2010 ends October 2020. So you've got (laughs) a year and a half if you're still running SharePoint 2010 with all those customizations and stuff, find somebody to help you. You need to start moving now if you're going to get it done in time, if you've got a big entrenched system. Your time is running out. Well, I've got a few customers in 2010. For our listeners out there, normally we go and we scour the web for information. I'm happy to report that there was not much this week. And I think it's because of Thanksgiving, which is today. So to all our American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. And I hope you found the biggest turkey for our meat lovers. And I hope you find something that's not a turkey it looks like a turkey, a tofurkey for our, our, our non-meat eaters. But have a great Thanksgiving and we thank you for your support on the show. Yeah, actually, I'd just like to take, since we're in the Thanksgiving mood, a really huge thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast and uh, stuck with us through our sort of bit of turbulent period that we've had recently. Like the support you guys give is really amazing and means a lot to us. So thank you very much for tuning in every week and listening to us talk all the rubbish that we do. You mean ramble on incoherently? Yes. So speaking of rambling on incoherently, you've got some news for us, Al. Like I said, we normally scour the web. There wasn't much because of Thanksgiving. So we decided, or at least I decided to be, because I've added value this this week to the show notes. I decided to go and look under the hood of the office, or is it the Microsoft 365 message center? Because I hardly ever go in there. I usually just rely on Daniel Glenn and Daryl Webster to tell me about it every Monday. I had a look, and there's some cool stuff. One, being able to create an associated site from within a SharePoint online hub site. So now you can associate a site or create an associated site to your hub site from within a uh, SharePoint online hub site. So how cool is that? You don't that have to go to every, cool. every site that's associated with the hub site. You can now build one hub site and then build your information architecture or your site structure that way. And you heard it first here on uh, Two Guys in SharePoint. Yeah, that's really, really cool. One thing that I'm a little bit peeved about is that Microsoft is retiring the teams for, well, the UWP preview app in the Microsoft Store. So you had a UWP app. Well, they're talking about the Windows 10 S preview app. I do not know if that means the entire. I think it would probably, it must be the same app, the same UWP app. They wouldn't make a separate UWP app just for 10S. For S, yeah. I actually used it. There was a bug and they didn't fix it. So now they're pulling it because I complained. That's how much power I have, Modlin. When I complain about something, they don't just fix it. They pull their entire product. That's incredible, Al. I'm so, so impressed, dude. Suitably impressed. The thing is, you can't just get it in the browser. So it's not the end of the world. Well, look, they use Electron, right? For the Teams client currently is Electron. Um, so it's not a native app. It's not a progressive web app. It's some sort of weird wrapper that does calls. Currently. Yeah. For the most part, it works. It's a little bit buggy, dodgy, but I know that Microsoft is fixing that. Speaking of other things that are really cool outside of Teams, there are new sticky notes that's coming as a plugin for OneNote 
for Outlook, for Office Online. So you can have sticky notes inside these apps. And how cool is that? Super cool. I know a lot of people that use sticky notes. They do yeah. it as bad as they have icons all over their desktop, which kind of scares me. Yes, I've I've got co-workers who entire desktop. You can't see the desktop for the sticky <laughs> notes. It's like, hey, man, do you have a password for this client? Uh, yeah, sure. Give me half an hour. It's rough. So, so does the, are sticky notes indexed with Windows desktop search? I don't know. I don't know. I use OneNote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, coming back to Teams, because Jace loved our show, but he said we did not talk enough about Teams. So I'm going to devote the next four items in the list of news to Teams. First up, there are new administrator roles for Teams. There's four different roles. I remember Teams also includes Skype. Eh? Although there's still a Skype, there's a there's two services roles. There's the Teams admin role, and I don't know if there's a report role. But go have a look at the administrator roles. So for those that have actually seen, you must have seen it by now, the Teams and Skype for Business Admin Center, you can now manage your teams in the admin center, not having to go to the team and then manage it from there. Nice. What I'm really excited about is the next item on the list. I've been spending some time working with the with Teams team in Seattle. Uh, there's a few things that my company wants to build on top of Teams. and there's a new program, which I can't talk about. But what's cool about it is that, not the program, this item that I'm going to read to you now, is that Microsoft is now providing more interoperability with Team. They've actually added an additional 37 graph APIs to the stack, specifically for Teams. And that is generally available right now. There's still a few things that they don't do that I would like them to do. And... We will get there slowly but surely. But 37 APIs was released. 37. That's really cool. So if you're dealing with the Graph API, you can now do all your Teams automation using using that API. That's very cool. Yeah, so there's a lot around being able to automate the Teams lifecycle. So how to create a team, rah, 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 all of those things programmatically, which is quite cool. And Teams is going places. Yes. Where SharePoint hasn't gone before, I suppose. Is that okay to say on the show? Would I get struck yes. by lightning? No, 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 no. We're not just a SharePoint show anymore. And Teams is really cool. And, hey, like all the documentation and crap for Teams, you know where that sits? Tell me. SharePoint Online. So. Oh, you mean all the docs inside of Teams? Yeah. Okay, yes, that, the files tab. So, like, it, it's SharePoint adjacent at least, and it's a super awesome product. If you're doing collaboration, use Teams. Yes. Anyhow, that's it from my side of the news. Do you have anything to add, Mr. Modling? I think that's about all the news for this week. As you say, a quiet week. Quiet week. I don't even have a new feature that I didn't know about of the week for this week. Okay. Then we'll go straight into the last segment of the show then. What is it? Which is my go with the flow. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold it. I want to go back. To last week's episode. Yes. Where where Gova with the flow was stopped and it was the PowerShell power hour in four minutes. That that was last week. <laughs> so, so you gotta so keep up you... with the times, dude. Like this is the modern era. We're in the cloud now. Stuff changes are, are, all are, the time. Are you, are you, you gotta keep on top of things. I will go with the flow then, Modlin. Yeah, will go just with go the with the flow, exactly. 
Okay. So what I want to talk to the, about in Go With The Flow is Microsoft Kaizala and Flow's integration into it. So you've heard of Kaizala? Hey, Al? I, I, I have. And on my stuff that I do with Laureate Straight on 365 Unplugged, on the Regarding 365 YouTube channel, we actually spoke about Kaizala at length. So it's quite cool. If the if you don't know, listeners, um, Kaizala is very much Microsoft's answer to sort of a WhatsApp, right? Do you know that Kaizala, the name, is an Indian term for WhatsApp? Yeah. So it's it's sort of laser targeted, right? And it does a whole bunch of cool stuff. So it is a public platform, right? So you can just chat to whoever. Anybody can download it and use it. But then you can also have organizational groups, that you can then invite any number into and and you get more control over those. It's targeted sort of at frontline workers, uh, blue-collar workers, people who don't have a computer, don't have crazy smartphones, might be working um, under low-bandwidth environments, stuff like that. And it's a, it's a much more simple interface than like a Teams, for instance. People are used to WhatsApp. They can run Kaizala. The power that comes in this is incredible, right? Because you can create custom actions, they call them. Pretty sure they're called actions. They are called actions, yes. So they, you can create custom actions where people can submit whatever. You can have like a few text boxes or drop downs. You can do lookups in them and stuff. Simple little things. And then they can submit data. You can do surveys and stuff. But you can make your own ones. And then using Flow, you can see, you can pick up when somebody responds with a custom action, when somebody does a custom action. And then you can pull that data with Flow. So if you want to do a survey of all your staff, you can use Flow to pick up all the responses to the surveys in Kaizala and put them into a SharePoint list, for instance. Or you can start automating tasks. So I've got a fleet of drivers, for instance. Every time they fill up, I can say, okay, use this custom action when you fill up. Take a picture of the slip, type in the amount, and it'll capture the GPS. They can do it nice and easily on their phone. Doesn't take a lot of uh, data, any of that. And then we can have a flow that will pull that into Office 365. That's the sort of stuff that you could do with Power Apps. But to run the Power App, you need a more powerful device and you need an Office 365 subscription. With Kaizala, to use those custom actions, you don't need an Office 365 subscription. So if you have a whole bunch of frontline workers or whatever, you don't have to get a 365 subscription for each of them to bring that data into your business. You can use Flow and Kaizala, which is mind-blowing. So, so just on that, there are two versions of Kaizala. The Kaizala one that you're um, speaking about now, the one that's free, that's not attached to an Office 365 license. However, from an admin perspective, I don't know how much is not available. You do have Kaizala Pro, which gives you a management console where you can, I think, through that, add custom actions. Yes, but as a user, the, the free user, downloaded the, the free version, I can join those organizational groups. You have somebody in the organization, at least one person in the organization, needs to have a, an 0365 subscription to get the Kazala admin pane where they can control that 
They can make this group an organizational group and add custom actions. You don't have to have a subscription to use those actions. You need to be in the group that is controlled by the organization. Consume the actions. All right. So you could go and sign up for Kazala Pro, which is, I think, 20 bucks a month. And then you'll have access to the the portal. Yes. uh, The the back end. And out of the box, there are a new form action, a feedback action, a survey action, and an announcement action. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of just, just out of the box. And then you can create the own ones where this sort of flow interoperability gets really, really powerful. It's, this is going to be a game changer for business. I'm telling you now, it's like, I can't wait to start using it. Uh, we, what's nice is there's, a, there's an API for it as well. So we're actually building some connectors into the rest of Office 365. Yeah. Um, where we want to do stuff from a business case. But because you work for a competitor, and our show's public. I, I can't. I can't tell you. Just can't it. do it. That's can't, fine. I'll wait for it to it. come out. You can't, Alan. You can't. So that's my go with the flow this week. I'm super excited. Go with the Kaizala. Yeah, but it's about flow. You can pick up the custom actions and whatever. All right. Okay. So it is. It is flow related. Totally counts this, <laughs> this week. At least I had one. Damn it. So messy this week. We were so messy. Yeah. Um, but we pulled it off another week. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. If you would like to join us next week or any time after that, if you want to find us online, you can find us on the web at our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin. L is... At Alistair Pugin. And that's our show for this week. So before we close, um, if you did comment or review or rate us, thank you very much. Rod doesn't monitor it anymore because no one wrote for more than a year and he's very sad about it. So we don't monitor it anymore, but please go like us on iTunes. Yeah, that does help a bunch. If you if you do want to do that, if you like the podcast, um, gets us up the ranking search results and stuff like that all right is that it that's us thank you all ciao 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 funnily enough you know i've got this blue yeti on my desk right there's a mute button on it so when I now, I can vape during the show without irritating uh, What I need is like a remote access to that button. <laughs> a little robot hand that I just, when you're being irritating, I just mute a, your a mic. A mute button. Speaking of mute, there are some new features. Now, for our listeners out there. Ha, okay, well, s- no, you can't just, how, how is that mute? How is new features to do, speaking of mute? Well, I get to mute you so I can introduce the new feature. <laughs> okay, sure, logic. sure, sure, logic. sure, okay. Uh, and, and now you just throw in my train of thought out. Um, I wasn't going to talk about the new feature, I was going to talk about something else. <laughs>